Welcome back to Indie Game Entrepreneur. Good to see you. I'm your host, Chris Norman, and our guest today is Niels Soma. He's a game developer, freelance writer, is also a host of one of the largest TTRPG streams in Germany. Looking forward to our discussion. Let's get to it. Niels, thanks yes, for joining us. Absolutely. <laughs> Great to be here. Too much initiative. No worries. Wow. So, uh, Niels, why did you choose game development as something that you want to pursue? I developed game my whole life. So since 11 years, I developed my first game because I was really bored and I felt that there was something missing in the games that I've played. In Germany, we have the black eye, or you could translate it probably as the dark eye, I think, uh, which is a very, very um, famous and loved RPG system, but it was a bit slower. So I wanted to make my own game. And as soon as I started, I just never stopped. So I've made a lot of games and I've published, I think, four right now or awesome. five, depending on how you look about it. And I'm planning to release the first bigger ones this year. Awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, 11 years. That, that, is, that is great. So obviously, Niels, uh, for 11 years, you've probably learned quite a bit. So um, since you started this journey, what do you think the most important thing you've learned so far has been? Um, that's a very good question. I think the most important thing is that you should stick to your ideas, no matter how um, how complicated they might be to achieve, because you will always learn something about your own projects. When you start something very complicated, you'll find a way to make it work or to make it easier. And also, there's always a reason why this idea was there in the first place. So never give up and really follow your game idea. And also, which which is part of uh, my conclusion here, is be the biggest fan of your own games. If you design games for yourself that you will love, that you will cherish, that you want, that like that you really want to play, you know that you are designing them for someone. Yeah. And a lot of people maybe won't like the game, and that's completely okay, because it's way better to be to have a game that is loved by a few people than a lot of people being indifferent about it. Right. I, I, I love that. And I think it's so important because you definitely have to be passionate about what you put out there because if you're, if you're not into the idea or if like, oh, this is kind of this, oh, I'm doing this for someone else, uh, it'll never be fully realized, right? You'll never put your mm -hmm. full heart into it. But yeah, if you really feel passionate about something, an idea, something that's unique, mm -hmm. I, I totally agree. You definitely have to put uh, all you are into that. And, and uh, if only a few people like it, well, that's better than a lot of people not liking it. So... <laughs> so that's a yeah, good point. So, you know, obviously there's a lot of skills that it takes to be an indie developer. From your perspective, what skills do you think, you know, hard skills, soft skills do you think are important to succeed in this this type of field? Um, when it comes to, so uh, to, to soft skills, um, I think the most important one is taking criticism. Um, I've worked without an editor for about... And nearly nearly my whole life I started to work with an editor uh, about a year ago and she improved my work so so much because she is she's a really harsh critic and she very quickly became my my co-writer uh, greetings to text Zucker. she is awesome and um, till till that point till about a year ago I was always open to criticism but I never really 
realized what this criticism meant and how I could implement it. So when you're really starting to listen to feedback and implementing into your game, it will be better. It will be so much better. And when it comes to, to hard skills, it's expression. Because when you're making a TTRPG game, you're not having a tutorial. You're not having a computer game. You're not having a shiny RPG graphic world for the most part. So you really need to nail down the rules so when you read it the first time that you will understand it. There is no way around it. So really writing as exactly as exact as possible. I like that. I think just to add to that, and I think criticism is something we're afraid of, right? We're afraid to be criticized. We're afraid to be... Mm -hmm. you know look down in some avenue but the fact of the matter is we're not good at everything <laughs> we, we we won't be good at everything so if identify our weakest point and then look for people who excel at that and get their honest feedback look for that mm -hmm. criticism i think like you said it's so important because that way once we start developing that we're open we're vulnerable and that standpoint we're able to grow as individuals and, and hone our craft from our, our our weakest chain so to speak so i'm really bad at uh at spelling and grammar so that's something that i always look forward to and and uh, mm -hmm. always try to improve so that's that's awesome so obviously there's a lot of games indie just just so many different types of games out there what do you think makes a, a successful game uh in, in the field today what do you think really makes something successful um i think to have a successful game you need a game with personality you need a game that is applying to to some human condition you have to have a game that that can spark joy or uh, spark fear in in your heart that really is getting an emotion from a person because when you have like this emotional trigger you are mm, having something for for them uh first of all to hype of course uh, to, to have a feeling about a game when you're looking at a gorgeous trailer and you can feel your adrenaline rush i think that is really really great thing to have because people will know how they will feel when they play your game so your game needs to have some sort of emotion and if it is possible you should focus on that emotion to really deliver on that one of course larger games triple a games they're often playing with a lot of different emotions when you're playing a survival game you have different feelings about the world sometimes it's curiosity sometimes it's uh, just a fear of losing your character and so on but if you're having moments or uh, mechanics that help you deliver one emotion at a time that really helps it's so well said niels and i think that's so important because if it doesn't have meaning if there's no emotion then it's it's pointless right so especially as mm -hmm. indie game developers we really have to hone that experience that feeling i mean i can't tell you how many times i've watched trailers and felt nothing and just just kind of skipped it and then once i just captivate your heart you know you're just, you're, you're drawn mm -hmm. in by the experience they're creating the music and you're like boy i really want to or really, I play this game because they, they led with their heart. And I think mm -hmm. that's so important, especially today when, the, when we're bombarded by so much quantity mm -hmm. of games. We're looking for quality. I mean, that really mm -hmm. tugs at our heartstrings, makes us think differently about uh, our experiences in life. Yeah, I think well said. So let's kind of transition a little bit to marketing. We know that's the kind of a, a good focus. Um, what do you think is the most important marketing skill or... or or why do you think marketing is so important to someone who's trying to make this a full-time 
career? You can have the best possible game idea ever. But if you don't market it correctly, no one will play it because no one knows about it. And there are so many juggernauts in computer gaming as well as in TTRPGs that you really have to spread the word. You have to get a little crowd. Um, it's also really great to get the community. So as soon as you are there, as you have your community, as you have your fans, your, your connections, the people who are looking forward to your game, who is spreading your game via word of mouth. That is, that is the best thing that you can have in marketing to become a full-time developer, to become a full-time game maker in, in any sense. Uh, so I think there are a lot of extremely well-made games. And I'm speaking of, they are, they are so well-made that I've read some and I was completely hyped about them. <laughs> But I know by, uh, to a fact that close to nobody is playing them right. because nobody has heard about them. And I think that that is really, that's like a big hole in my heart because I want to get these games out there. But because everybody heard of the really big juggernauts like Dungeons and Dragons or the Dark Eye in Germany, it's, it's hard. You need to market your game correctly. You need to get it somewhere. You need to get it out there. You know, a fast car doesn't help you in a garage. You need to drive that thing. <laughs> That's so true. I think, I think when you're saying that, I wrote down tragedy because I think, especially when these artistic expressions, uh, mm -hmm. if, if no one knows, if the Mona Lisa was not known right or all these famous artists... What a what a loss we would have, right? On an artistic artistic expression. So definitely, marketing is important. Getting, like you said, get your name out there. Get ones who are fans of you and understand what you're trying to do, and they'll market for you. So you're getting, kind of getting like little small <laughs> marketeers who love what you're doing, love your game, and then they go out and market for you because they're so passionate about what you're doing. So I, I love that. Make a community, and uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. So, so Niels, obviously you've, you've, you've created a, a few games uh, already. You're creating mm -hmm. kind of on what one right now. What do you think the best marketing tip? What's something that's worked for you in getting that community and getting fans kind of following your game? What, what's worked for you so far? If you're having a game idea about a very special subject when, where, where you think that it wouldn't be a monetary success, you should... Just build it. It should make games that others can play that are maybe a very focused experience. I have a game about four pages long, which is super, super small, even for the tiny RPGs that I'm doing. It's a very, very small game, but people can get a feeling of what you can do, what you want to deliver, and what are the themes that you are focusing on. So if you have the chance, and that is probably, of course, always the best marketing tip, show what you can do. So when you're having a larger scale project, like I'm planning right now, a few larger scale projects, I can send future customers to the games that I've already made, show them what my work is like, and they exactly know what quality, what feeling, what seems they will get in the larger project. So always prepare marketing stuff, prepare little games, prepare experiences and then get them out there. They don't need to be perfect. It's more about the expressions that you that you can give to others and about showing, um, let's say, your character in the games. Yeah, I, I, think, I think great point. And so so kind of going from, from marketing and a little bit to kind of some business, and obviously business is 
kind of this seems like this very daunting word, right? But but overall, mm-hmm. what's what's one business advice you think would be helpful for someone who's new to developing games uh, to kind of learn about? What's what's worked for you? But what's what's one business advice you can provide them? My best business advice is get paid. So <laughs> if you have the chance to build up a Patreon or build up a Kofi, you will really attract people who really like the stuff that you are doing that are willing first of all to of course invest some money which is always nice to have it maybe it won't be a lot it isn't even a, really a lot for me but if you are if you're putting out a post on your patreon or your Kofi or whichever site you want to use for that that's up to you there are so many good sites the sites that you can use you will have a listening audience and you will know that when you talk that they will listen and that is a really really important feedback because these are the people who will play your games who will try out the new games who will try out uh, the play tests and so on so you can really help growing a community by offering something like a premium experience like access to a discord or um a monthly newsletter with a lot of feeds or articles or whatever you can offer or you can also just offer a possibility for a community to give back because as soon as you start making games as you start to to invent stuff you will you will see that there is a certain certain number of people who want to get involved who are interested who want to do stuff with you so my best uh, tip is get paid yeah, and I love that, and not be not to be afraid to put yourself out there, right? Because there are ones mm-hmm. who uh, maybe don't have the situation to be able to make games, but they connect with what you're doing. So allow allow your artistic expression and allow them to you know pay pay you some money, and and, and it's not going to be an issue that they're they're going to want to do that. But don't be afraid to put yourself out there so that others can support your work. I think that's that yeah, that's mm-hmm. huge. So Niels, uh, kind of going into more of a learning situation now. So what's one book or, or learning resource that maybe has, has helped you a lot that can really be a beneficial to new developers coming on? Mm-hmm. I absolutely adore analoggamestudies.org. It's an absolute great website where you have, I think it's right now five issues or six. Six issues um that are speaking about so many different aspects of gaming that you didn't know where they're before they are really really well made they're giving you ideas they're giving you clues about professional views on games and if you are making analog games because there is there is a certain certain um i'm missing the english word let's let's use threshold there is a certain um barrier to making analog games because you you can't hide any aspect from your game um that you should take a look at analog game studies because they can teach you so many things and so many ideas that you maybe didn't know about before that you're getting a hook or an idea or uh, you can take some of this criticism for a game of your own to to make this game come true and hop over this barrier and analog game studies really helped me with a few ideas um and also as an inspiration when i'm having uh when i'm having a dry spell and i'm just looking for new ideas for new super small games that i really want to make because i want to test out a mechanic it's always great to have a look 
at uh, this catalog, this uh, issues, these volumes, I think that's the correct term. Perfect, yeah, and I'll make sure to uh, put that in the description below so ones can uh, check that out if they're so, so, Niels, anything else you want to mention before kind of focusing on uh, the games you're working on and anything else you want to mention to new developers, some kind of just extra boost of last-minute advice to kind of uh, help them out? Yes. Um, when you're starting to realize your first ideas, always start small because there is so much extra work coming from that. Um, and also get help in any kind of form because when you're making games on your own in your own little bubble, you won't really get any feedback at all. And it's always great to get feedback. So try together one or two like-minded friends in the best case with different skills. So you have um, writing, editorial, uh, maybe editing documents or even, even um, making illustrations like that. Uh, you can you can really enhance the products that you're preparing, doing, uh, inventing right now. I love that. Good, good, good point. And, and so now Neil's kind of more focused on you. Obviously, made made a few games already and got kind of got a nice nice following, hosting one of the you know, the, the largest uh, TTRPG streams uh, there. Uh, why do people play and buy your games, and what, what do you think you're doing right to get a fan base going on? Mm -hmm. I think people play my games um, because they are selling a certain idea and that this idea is mostly unused. So um, I'm coming coming from a storyteller background. I've always been, been a GM, a game master for different games and I always loved telling stories for other people. And when you're telling a story, you have a few different options on telling a story. You can tell something profound you can tell something new or you can tell something with a twist. So when I'm making my smaller game ideas, I always works the same way. I make a game that wasn't there before, at least not on the TTRPG market. Um, I make a game that is telling something profound or I'm making a game with a twist. So when I made my first game, uh, no, when I published officially my first game, which is called The Last Torch, um, it's a uh, uh, GM less horror experience with a candle and a lot of um, physicality in the game. And it is a game that wasn't there before. There are similar games, but if you really want to tell a story with your friends that everybody's a storyteller, everybody has the same amount of energy in the game. And also maybe there, there's a new player and you want to introduce him to, to something like TTRPGs and you want to give him a smaller experience, that will be the right idea for you. So this is why people play my games. I love that. No, that's that, that's awesome. So so kind of a last thing, uh, Niels, for ones who want to follow you, you know, tell us more about the your company or the game you're working on right now, and and how ones can be uh, involved in that. Yes. So right now I'm working on my fifth uh, th. It's horrible for Germans. <laughs> uh, on my fifth uh, tiny RPG which is called Gecko Vampire Detective, where you're playing supernatural animal detectives in uh, Zoo York in the 1920s. And it's a, an awesome little game, which is combining aspects of the game Fate, um, where you're making your own attributes for your character, as well as PBTA, which stands for Powered by the Apocalypse, so a little, small, cool system. And if you're interested in playing it, you can follow me 
on my uh, Kofi, which I, I have no clue how it is named. <laughs> One second. So if you want to follow my Kofi, it's uh, kofi.com slash Nilo. And I will publish all my games there. Or you can follow me on the Discord. I'll just give you a link that you can maybe put in the doobly-doo and people can click on it and you will find all the other uh, tiny RPGs there that I've already made free to download. Awesome, perfect. And then I'll make sure to all that information to get hold of Niels to kind of follow him, kind of see what he's working on. I'll put that in the description below and once can check that out. So Niels, thank you so much, very much for your time and kind of talk to us, give some tips on on uh, kind of your, your life and just, just games you're working on. We definitely appreciate that very much. Thank you, Chris, for having me, and I was wish you the best of luck with the podcast and all of the gamers out there. Make your games. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.